Welcome back to the Bell Tower Half Hour. I'm your host, Megan Mahoney, and today I'm talking to Kevin Walkman, a singer-songwriter from the Philadelphia area. How are you doing today? What's up? I'm, I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. We love to hear it. Thank you for coming on to the show. <laughs> so to kick it off, um, when did you start making music? Uh, whew. So I think I wrote my first song in like second grade. Um, and I just kind of kept writing. More is just kind of like a for fun thing on my own. And it was just like me and a piano. I didn't start making music like and like releasing it really until junior, senior year of high school. And everything that I have up now is actually from late 2019 to present. So awesome. Did you do like did you learn by YouTube videos or did you take lessons? Yeah. So I'm a classically trained pianist at first. I started okay. taking piano lessons um, when I was six. Uh, but that being said, I kind of started to, the more I started to write music, the more I kind of went away from that because writing was very like chord based and not really like, I don't know, learning Bach and Chopin and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, that's where I really got it from. My, my mom played piano and my grandmom as well. So I got peer pressured into it. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Um, so who are your biggest influences growing up that kind of shaped you and your music? Yeah. Um, so artistry wise uh probably like the neighborhood is probably my biggest influence to start um a group like starting in the, like 2012 2013 when they even just started releasing music i was really really uh listening to them and like just them um i would say like now working uh now working with nick i feel like we have a little more of an arctic monkeys influence than i would have had if i was just doing it on my own um in terms of lyricism, like, I'm a huge Frank Ocean guy. Uh, but getting away from, like, actual artists, like, uh, my mom, definitely, just, and, and my dad, honestly, they both kind of pushed me to keep pursuing music, uh, even though my dad is, like, not musically inclined <laughs> at yeah. all. Um, yeah, so I, I guess that's what I would say. Like, my family for pushing me to keep doing it and, uh, and those artists as well. Awesome. Um, How did you choose the name Kevin Walkman? So, um, so my real name is Kevin Reeder, uh, and I just don't like the, <laughs> I like the last name for a stage name. No, no, uh, disrespect to mom and dad. Um, shots fired. So, <laughs> so, uh, w- when I was growing up, my dad was like, my dad would always like mow the lawn or whatever. And when he was doing like stuff like that or like housework, yard work, he always had this like really ugly Sony Walkman that he put on his side. Um, so I, when I was younger, I started saving up some money. And then for Christmas one year, me and my sister got him this little like iPod shuffle. And we thought it was like the best gift ever because like now he didn't have to listen to like live sports talk radio anymore while doing this. And he just never took it out of the box. <laughs> like he has like an iPhone like XR now. And I think he still might use it. And he's not like old. Like he's oh in God, his 50s. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's not like old, but that's where I got it from. I just wanted... At the time when I was picking a name, I wanted something kind of like 90s referenced, and then I just kind of went back to to that story. So yeah. shout out, Dad, if you don't know this story. I don't think I ever told you this. So, <laughs> But you're hearing it now. Yeah, now you're the reason <laughs> behind the name. Cool. <laughs> so obviously COVID is... Hello? <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I was trying to think of the next question. Okay. Um. So how did COVID affect your process in 
what were you doing during quarantine to kind of continue on what you have right now? Yeah. Um, honestly, like in a really weird way, I think COVID kind of helped me in, in like artistry. I don't know. Like right as, right as COVID was, right as COVID was happening, I hadn't released in a little while. Um, I was kind of like lost as to really, if I was going to totally pursue this or not. Um, and it gave me the time to like, just kind of focus on writing music or, and just like figuring out like what I want my sound to be, like what I want to do next. Um, I mean, me, me and Nick, uh, my producer and like best friend, uh, were working on Oh No totally virtually. Um, and actually, I think we did it 100% virtually. I don't think we ever even met up in person before we released the song. Oh, wow. Um, and that was all just over COVID, sending stuff back and forth. And I was like, I wasn't in like a good studio room for that either. <laughs> I was in like my hometown, like bedroom from when I was little, um, recording vocals and recording my sister's vocals for backgrounds. Um, but it gave me a chance to like not worry about like setting up shows and gigs and like in-person stuff. Uh, so in a way, it was, it was a little helpful. Um, I mean, now it's not looking back because now I don't know how to go about those things as well. Like, I wish I had like that year to figure those things out, but like, I don't know. I wouldn't change any way that I did it. So I know a lot of people have like struggle stories about how like COVID like really killed everything. And like the industry really struggled because of COVID obviously, but I guess in a way I'm, I'm not grateful for a giant <laughs> pandemic, but I'm, I'm grateful for the time that it gave me to kind of figure out who I was. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to hear everybody's perspective on it because it's either a hit or miss or artists were in a complete rut, but I think this was a monumental period in the music industry and just how recording is done in general. Yeah, definitely. Um, but are you working on anything now? Anything to spill? Oh, uh, oh, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is like, <laughs> it's weird. We're uh, I'm at a spot now where like I'm holding on to more songs than I ever have. Like when we first, when, when me and Nick first started working together, um, we were really just kind of like making a song, releasing, making a song, releasing, and realized that like that's kind of a bad way to go about it. So like, we've got like a handful of songs that are like close to done or done or we're currently working on and whatnot. And we're just trying to map out what the next couple months are going to look like. Um, so, yeah, I can't, like, spill any release dates or anything right now because, frankly, I Rats. don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> when I'm going to release. But, uh, yeah, like, sooner rather than later, it's not going to be, like, excuse me, it's not going to be, like, another year before uh, <laughs> before I release something else again. So Gotcha. Um, and I know you and Nick have been working on stuff together. I guess, how did you meet and how did you guys start working on projects? Yeah, so so me and Nick met through um, Temple University. Um, we were we're both music technology majors. I said we were. We're both in school still. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we met we met through class and whatnot. Um, I remember at one point I had released this like four track EP that I made on my own, and like in hindsight, like it was okay. Like I was an, I'm, I'm a decent songwriter, but like the production just wasn't really there. Uh, and Nick had reached out to me like pretty quickly after that release and was like hey, like, I don't really have anything to show you to prove that I can, like, do this, but would you want to, like, work together? I'd love to, like, produce for you and stuff. And I, like, I love, like, sexy bass lines and songs and stuff, and I knew, mm. he, I knew he was a bassist, and I knew what I needed was, like, someone that was really good on the engineering side. And that's what I thought it was at the time. Like, I was going to do all of the writing, and he was just going to engineer <laughs> it all. And that obviously, like, changed throughout time. Um, but 
I just kind of went with it. And then, uh, so I said, yeah, like, let's, let's work on something. And I, I just kind of, I think I sent him this, like, this, like, splice sample, um, which is, like, a website for, um, that artists use, like, samples of just this, like, random eight-bar, like, drum loop. And I was like, hey, you should write a bass line to this. Uh, and the first thing he wrote was the bass line for Waste Your Time. Uh, and that was the first song we released together. And now, I mean, the, the song kind of, like, took off in its own way. And, and then ever since then, it's just, like, he's the only person that I, like, work with for stuff like yeah. this. I mean, talk about taking off. How are you coping with your recent success with It's All Right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I mean, it's it's really cool. Uh, I think, like, mentally, my goal was kind of, like, I was really hoping to get on, like, one of those Spotify playlists or whatnot. Was not expecting to get on, like, the big indie rock one that it's on right now or whatnot. Um, but it's been really cool. Like, the reaction's been really great. Uh, I've seen, like, I guess, like, a small spike in, like, social media following and whatnot. Um, but... I don't just want to like sit here and just like pat myself in the back. Like there's just a lot of work to be done. So this is just mm -hmm. giving me like, you know, it's nice and I'm really excited about it. But at the end of the day, it's just like one more reason to like work 10 times harder and like pump out the next song, you right. know? Yeah. Um, and with your music, what, what kind of messages are you trying to tell? Whew. Um, it really depends. I mean, the short answer is like gay messages, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the gay agenda. <laughs> um, no, I think like, uh, I don't know. I like to tell, I, I like to try to talk about things that aren't always talked about in music. Like when I wrote Waste Your Time, I, I wrote it kind of about like, just like the college hookup scene in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and writing It's All Right, uh, I really try to center that around. I th the, the, the point of like It's All Right was I was in a relationship for about a year. Um, I broke up with this person in December of 2020 and it became very like emotionally abusive afterwards. It was kind of like stalking me, um, oh. showing up to like my work and stuff like that. Um, so even after all of that, like there were still like times where I wanted to like text them or hang out or something like that. And my roommates were always super like, hey, that's stupid. He's <laughs> abusive, don't do that. Um, and it's kind of like a thank you note to them in a way. Mm -hmm. It's like saying like, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to reach out like this anymore. And that's, that's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that that's like, you know, like a happy breakup song that's not even actually about the breakup. It's just something I don't feel like it's, is like written about that often, you know? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't consider it like a breakup song. I know I've had like a couple like write-ups from like other like websites, like say it's like uh, the happiest breakup song you've ever heard and i don't think it's a breakup song because the song's like not actually talking about the actual breakup it's talking about the aftermath and how my friends kind of got me through the aftermath of it so yeah, yeah i just like i guess i kind of circled away from your question but no it's okay yeah just to answer the question i just like writing about things that like people will go through but may not necessarily hear a song about that often that's all yeah and Watch out for red flags, everybody. Um, <laughs> but I guess looking forward, do you have any gigs or upcoming projects? So I, I'm really trying to put together like an EP right now. Um, it won't be the next thing that I release. Uh, there will definitely be at least another single or two uh, prior to that. Uh, again, I can't officially announce uh, a gig right now, although I would really love to. <laughs> but hopefully in the in the coming months i'll be playing multiple shows in the philly area and also some areas outside of here um but semi-local as well 
Okay, that's awesome. Well, we can't wait. Um, if you could have a dream collab, who would it be with? Oh, man. I would really love to write a song with Jesse Rutherford, which he's the lead singer of uh, The Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I don't know. They say don't meet your idols, and, like, I wouldn't, I almost wouldn't want to work with Frank Ocean because he intimidates me so much. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that I just don't think I'd function if I could, like... you just glitch. <laughs> yeah, like, I just wouldn't... I would just cease to exist as a human. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be able to talk at all. Um, so, probably Jesse. Although, if we're talking, like, dead or alive, it's Freddie Mercury. Wow, yeah. Yeah. That would be some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, or Lil Nas. Okay, maybe... maybe There's Lil, so many options. Maybe Lil Nas is the answer. Okay. I, I can't lie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, where do you see yourself in five years? just doing this i don't yeah. like i don't even know if i can like answer that because it, like if you would have told me like this is where i would be in like in like my artistry or whatnot like two years ago i probably would have left like i never expected to be where i am right now at least so quickly i've always had that like vision in a way and that sounds kind of conceited but at the same time like you have to see yourself being successful if you want to actually try at something mm-hmm. um so I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, I see myself playing a Wells Fargo Center, selling out. Like, right. I just see myself like writing music still, and hopefully, I'm doing. I'm bigger than I am now, and hopefully, I'm making enough money to live off of music, and that's just kind of the dream. And if I can just like, if I can live off of writing and singing songs with like my best friends, then I'm living a good life. You know? Yeah, of course. Um, I ran out of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, girl, I could talk about growing <laughs> up uh, in, a, in a religious household for oh, ages. Me? Oh, me. Oh, damn. Um, well, what's your favorite color? Favorite color? Uh, orange, kind of, but also magenta. Zodiac sign? Uh, Pisces. Favorite animal? I don't fucking, I don't know. I like lion or something. Favorite state? State? Mm-hmm. PA. Mm. Boston <laughs> fan, sorry. Ew. <laughs> Go Pats. Anyways, um, favorite instrument? Uh, saxophone. Favorite candy? Uh, either like Reese Pieces or Reese Cups. Mm, I'm trying to think. Favorite place to eat on campus? Uh, literally none of them, but like Qdoba. <laughs> <laughs> favorite professor you've ever had at Temple? Oh my gosh. Wait, wait. Okay. I don't remember his name, but it was this guy that taught like he taught like a law class to me. It was like this constitution-based class, and he was so cool. Um, was it the Wonder no, it wasn't that. I'll remember this at some point. Uh, it had nothing to do with my major, and he was like literally the coolest professor ever. Uh, I totally forget. Super old guy. He's like worked in politics for a while. Ooh. But uh, if you're out there listening to this for some reason right now, <laughs> I'm so sorry I forgot your name. Um, sorry that when you tried to convince me to go to law school, I said no. Uh, that is all. So was that? The backup dream. No. <laughs> never no. was? Okay. No, never was. He just was like, you know, a lot of music majors go to law school afterwards. And I'm like, that's cool. I won't be one of them. And also, I don't <laughs> believe that. Like, um, Yeah, he really wanted me to go to Temple Law. I was like, I don't I don't want to. But Oh, my gosh. But, like, thanks for the compliment, I guess. Like, <laughs> Favorite sports team? Uh, go Birds, but I'm a Flyers fan through and through. That's cool. Hockey's that. my go-to. I like the Bruins and... That's, anyway, emba- that's embarrassing. You shouldn't admit that. Yeah, right. <laughs> next. Next. 
you know, I love Tom Brady, even though he's not on the Patriots anymore. Yet another thing you shouldn't say out loud. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I retract every statement I've ever made on this podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, We're going to retract like a good 10 minutes of the 15. Yeah. Oops. Um, favorite song at the moment. Oh, oh my gosh. Wait, that's tough. Can I put my Spotify for this? No, you may not. Okay, fine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Fine. I'm kidding. No, no, kidding. no, 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 really. No, really. I'll keep my phone in my pocket. Um, hmm. Probably All In by Grady. I've been listening to that nonstop. Um, but also Suburbia by Devin Again. I'm obsessed with that song. If you haven't heard of that song, uh, her name is Devin Again. I met her in Los Angeles. She's an incredible human being. Uh, and Suburbia is literally one of the catchiest songs I think I've ever heard. Uh, so shout out that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you never talked about your trip because I think you had brought that up at one time, right? Is that yeah. something to bring up? Okay, tell us about your trip to Los Angeles. Yeah, How sure. was that for you? Oh, my gosh. I mean, that that changed like everything. Uh, so me and Nick went to L.A. for a week in June. Um, and It's All Right was like written like pretty much exclusively at, at the studio in uh, in Los Angeles. Um the reason I took a, literally a year to release songs between Oh No and It's All Right was like, I literally just stopped having fun writing music. Like it just started feeling like, a, excuse me, it just started feeling like a job, um, and I hated that feeling. I was I always worried about that. Like growing up, like I almost wasn't a music major because I wanted it to be fun forever. Um, uh, so yeah, I just kind of like went to this rut where I just didn't write for like probably three four months. I like didn't even like touch like the piano to write anything at all. Um, and, like, I've never felt more inspired to, like, write yeah. music and, like, go for this in my life than, like, going to L.A. and, like, meeting all these people who are, like, doing this for a living. And it, it also felt, like, really good and really humbling to be around a bunch of people that were much bigger than I am. Yeah. Um, just, like, meeting people who are literally just doing music for a living or just, just producing or just performing and whatnot. Um, and it really gave me, like, a taste of, like, what music business and the industry really looks like as well. I got to meet a couple different, like, managers and A&Rs. And, yeah, I mean, It's All Right was pretty much written in, like, a day and a half in L.A. Um, and it's a happy song because I was just happy. Like, yeah. I just loved it there. Uh, I cannot wait to go back. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. I think that's about it. Oh, and the electric scooters there are so much fun. You oh can, my gosh. So you can like rent these electric are scooters. Are they birds? Yes. Yeah, they're bird scooters. Bird. Yeah. So you can rent them. They're just like on the streets. Like, and you just like scan a little QR code and then it works. And then you just like, you pay like 30 cents a minute or something. And I probably burnt like 60 or $70. Like, oh my Just gosh. riding scooters that week. I mean, it's a good way to spend your money. It was a great way to spend my money. I was just like, there's a video on my phone that I made Nick record of me going down a street on a scooter, and then you just like look above, and like the Hollywood sign is like right above me. It's like the I was living my main character moment. life. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. I was for sure. Everybody else here is a paid actor, so yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's really hard to to live like a main character life when you're in literally Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like the main character in that moment. Did you have any celeb sightings while you were there? Um, so the studio that we were in. Uh, when we walked into the studio, the room right before we had to walk through, uh, this guy, the, this guy that by the name of Barnes Courtney and like his management team was there. Um, and he's like a very successful artist, uh, in terms of like super celeb sightings. I don't really think so. I mean, like we almost got to go to this party with a bunch of famous people and then got shut down, but, <laughs> but that's, that's, that, that's about it. That's yeah. Story. <laughs> I was, I was really hurt about that yeah. one. I can't lie, but, um. Yeah, I think that's really about it, which is weird. Um, 
because I was keeping my eye out. Like, I was really trying to run into somebody. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I bet you felt the hustle out there because especially being around all of these professionals, it makes you want to chase your dream and also that it can be a reality. It's not that far out of sight. Yeah, I also... And I mean, like, it basically isn't out of sight for you. Like, it's, it's here. <laughs> yeah, no, I also kind of realized that, like, when you're doing this for a living, like, it's not it's not as crazy as I thought in a way. Like, the producer schedules are, are pretty whack. Like, I'm not going to lie. But, like... So, like, hanging out with, like, artists for, like, a couple days at a time, like, there are some days where they just, like, they didn't work on music because they just weren't feeling it that day. And, like, they'll just, you know, get food, maybe, like, go grocery shopping, play some, like, Super Smash, and just, like, go to bed. (laughs) And I was like, okay, like, it's good to know that, like, I don't have to not have a life in order to do this. It's like, these people are actively just, like, going out and playing soccer for a couple hours one day and then okay i'll you know stop by like in my studio for like two hours that night or something it really just kind of like depends and that was like so good to see because i kind of envisioned like the most successful people just like being in a studio every single day and like when they're not in the studio they're like sitting in their room figuring out which tiktok to record next so it's like (laughs) it was really cool to like see that like no like these people will actually just like have a life they have days off like Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a hustle, but it's not like it's not like a grind never stops like sixty yeah. hour work week hustle or something. Well, are you on TikTok? Can you plug your socials in there? Oh my gosh, I need to, <laughs> I need to make more TikToks. Um, but I'm like Kev Walkman on everything. Uh, I I use Instagram the most, but you know if anybody has good TikTok ideas for Kevin Walkman, uh, DM me on Instagram. I mean, uh, I got a ton, but <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, if you could just list those off, like after after this interview, that yeah. would be that would be really cool because I could definitely use. Uh, I really just need to start making them more often. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I use I use Twitter mostly to just tweet about Lil Nas. I'm a I'm like a Lil Nas stan at this Big point, stan. if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's just doing a lot for like queer people in the industry. Um, yeah. But yeah, I use I use Instagram the most. Follow me at Kev Walkman. Um, don't look up my name on Facebook. You will find pictures of me from like sixth grade and I don't want those to resurface. So thank you yeah. in advance. Do you got games on your phone? Do I have games? You got on games my, on your phone? Do I have games on my phone? Mm, I had that, you know, that like plague game that everybody used to play where you had to like start the infect. It was like the infection one. Yeah. I redownloaded that during COVID because I thought it was hilarious to like play that. <laughs> Um, I would love to say that Heyday is my favorite app on my phone. Heyday, wow. Yeah, it's like you have your little farm and yeah, nobody cares, but it matters to me. I used to be a huge Clash of Clans guy. Um, I don't know if you have played that game before. I have not. Uh, <laughs> it's, I don't even know how to describe it, but I got my town hall to a level 11. And that was like really impressive back in like the ninth grade days where it's all that you played. But I don't really got games on my phone like that anymore. I have... Um, I have like a games folder with like three games and one of them is Tinder because I consider that <laughs> I consider that a game. Yeah. I, yeah. All I my dating deserve. apps go in the games folder because that's <laughs> As they should. It's not it As doesn't deserve should. like a it doesn't no. deserve like a love or dating one. Like no. Oh, no absolutely not. <laughs> Tinder is a game. <laughs> it's window shopping at best, unfortunately. So I'm not all right, all right, wait, wait, wait. I need to I need to backpedal a little bit here because that sounds like I sound like I'm being like such I don't want to say the word, but like I just don't, I just don't garner much success with Tinder. Not in the way where I like don't get likes, but it's just like I don't see Tinder as a 
good way to create meaningful relationships anymore. I mean, that's facts. And you could always use that as a game or to humble people and put them in line. Hey, I mean... Not like I've done that before, but... I mean, I'm not trying to do all that, but uh, to be fair, I've actually met both of my... I've only dated two guys, and I met them both on Tinder. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess they gave me good song material, I yeah, guess. So. Networking in its finest, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What were you going to say over here, by the way? You, you had a little... Oh, yeah. Miss Taryn sitting in the audience uh, has a, a promise ring yeah. on her finger. Maybe it works out for relationships. It just depends on the person. She met her boyfriend, Jared. Shout out, Jared, if you're watching this. Shout out, Jared. Shout out, Jared. And I guess I guess Tinder's, like, promoting this. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Sponsorship. Yeah. Wait, wait, we're cutting this out. Unless we're getting that motherfucking check. <laughs> <laughs> Bell Tower Half Hour is brought to you by Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> Swipe right on the love of your life. Bye. <laughs> that was great. All right, all right. Let me ask you something real quick before we before we wrap up, though. Okay, do you mind? All right, is that okay? We, uh, go all ahead. Right. Have you listened to like the four tracks that I that I have up on Spotify? Yes, I have. Okay, do you have a favorite, and if so, why? I like it's all right. Okay, do you do you know why you prefer that one? Okay, or? I'm gonna say right now I'm very picky when I listen to music, and I just like listen to it and I feel it. You know what I mean? Or like the volume all the way up. Nice. It's like my heart starts pumping and I'm just like, it gets the adrenaline going. I just liked it. It was great. Thank you. I just, I'm always so curious as to like, because some of the songs are so different. Like 330 is so drastically different than the next release, which was Oh No. So like, I just like hearing what people's like favorites are. That's all. No, I do like that. That sounds conceited of me, but (laughs) thank you. you It's like a Google form. (laughs) Leave your favorite below. Yeah. I'm going to start putting Google forms in my Instagram bio now. Yeah, like, what's your favorite song from Kevin Walkman? Your answer has been submitted. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Thank you for joining us today, Kevin. You can follow him at Kev Walkman. I'm your host, Megan Mahoney, and this has been the Bell Tower Half Hour. (laughs) Woo!